0: Hey guys and welcome to or back to the positive suit podcast with your host summer clark so good news i can kind of breathe a bit better than last week we're getting there um i've decided to give myself a full 10 days off the gym just to make sure that i don't give myself a heart attack which takes us to the day after boxing day so i thought you know what let's just rest up over christmas and get better and it's working i'm not quite as breathless as you could probably tell as i was in the last week's episode actually now i'm thinking about it when you're listening to this it is the day after boxing day so happy days I'll, I'll be back in the gym by now um but anyway i've been doing a lot of content planning lately with the extra time that i'm not working out or exercising um so i have asked you to give me your requests for social media content uh podcast content youtube content etc in 2024 so i'll put that up on my instagram story but obviously it'll be gone by now so please do send me your requests for any kind of content across all of my channels i would love to hear that um and there isn't really any other weekly recap because like i said it's the christmas period um i haven't really done any dog agility anything like that related things um we training in the garden as usual and i'm really I'm really pleased with how I was coming on with those Um, independence is on an up been doing some well I would say baking but it was like an overnight fridge recipe um, that is going up this week Um, for fuel 10k obviously my sponsor so been doing a little bits like that but mainly just being out with friends um, eating drinking pubs uh, bars things like that you know as you do at Christmas. So apart from that, um, that's pretty much all that's going on at the moment. And I love it, to be fair. I love Christmas. I love doing things like that. I love eating and drinking, as we know. So that's pretty much what's been going on with me. But yeah, really excited to be getting lots of content planning done at the moment. Obviously, since getting my job as a social media executive, I have more knowledge on, you know social media strategies and stuff like that to really boost all my socials. Um, So that's exciting, kind of putting those things into place. Um, Some of the things I want to focus on in the new year is educational um, content around not only sort of agility training tips. So I want to give you more educational content on agility training, um, kind of like showing you how to do something or how I do something which works for me, stuff like that. But I also want to give you more educational handle fitness content. Um, you guys really like my week of workouts videos, so I thought, you know, I really want to focus more on that uh, handle fitness and nutrition side of things um, and educating you guys around those topics in 2024. And then there's one more. But call, oh, yeah. And then obviously, canny Cross content. So canny Cross is something I really want to get into with Arrow during the new year. Obviously, as you all know, I love running. I regularly run 5Ks, 10Ks, stuff like that. Well, I did before I keep getting flipping ill say so keep getting it's been like 6 days but still um before that was my back but anyway um yeah that is something that I want to get into in the new year so hopefully I'll have Candy cross con- content for you as well which is obviously brand new to for me and you and my channels in general so that is very exciting and if I get any good at it then that's something else that I can give you educational content around as well so exciting things to come but please do keep giving me your suggestions And without further ado, let's get straight into today's episode. I'm going to be talking about 2024 ins and outs agility edition. So that is basically what I and you guys, so I asked you guys as well. So I've got a list of mine and yours ins and outs. And what it means is basically, you know, you got the gist of it by the looks of my Instagram responses Um, when I put it up the other day but ins is things we want to see more of in 2024 or yeah basically either more of or something start to happen and outs is things we want to leave in the leave in 2023 we don't want to see that carrying on into 2024 we want to get rid of that so I just thought it'd be interesting um a little light-hearted nice way to end the year obviously this is my actually going to be my last podcast episode of the year so the next time i talk to you guys it'll be next year Ha <laughs> talk to you next year oh so cheesy anyway <laughs> without further ado let's get straight into those ins and outs agility edition for 2024. now i would just like to take a minute to introduce you guys to the podcast sponsor Huel, so here I have one of the ready to drink Huel meals, the berry flavour. Huel ready to drink is a meal in a bottle with over 20 grams of protein. It really is the perfect meal for when you are on the go. You don't need to sacrifice convenience or nutrition, you can have both with ready to drink. Each serving has 26 vitamins and minerals. This means every bottle of ready to drink has 175 health benefits. It is made from natural ingredients such as coconut, sunflower seeds, tapioca, pea protein, flax seeds and hemp seed protein. Every meal is vegan and it has no gluten, no palm oil, no GMO, no lactose and no animal products whatsoever. It comes in eight delicious flavours including iced coffee caramel and strawberries and cream as well as the classics like vanilla, chocolate and banana. It is absolutely delicious and just tastes like a milkshake. It is widely sold in supermarkets, petrol stations and corner shops around the UK and it can be conveniently purchased online. I found out about Huel because I was looking for a product that would give me all the nutrients that I need while travelling to events and staying over at competitions and training events. So when it's time to refuel and have a Meal, I can just drink a ready to drink Huel product and get all my nutrients quickly, easily, and without cooking. It's perfect when I don't have the time or the facilities to cook. For example, when I'm camping at a competition, I'm going to be drinking at least one a day at KCI and Dogs in Need. If you're super busy, just like me, then you really don't want to miss out. You can easily and conveniently shop ready to drink from Huel at the link uk.huel.com pause. I hugely appreciate anyone and everyone that uses my link as it helps keep this popular. Podcast running and every sale through that link helps keep my podcast going. Buying through my link also gets you a free t-shirt which will be auto applied at the checkout. If you subscribe to a Huel order you can save 10%. You can choose how often your subscription comes for example every two weeks, four weeks, six weeks etc and these are super easy to manage on the website and you can edit whenever you like. uk.huel.com pause. I will start off with my ins. So my ins I put strength and conditioning work for dogs. So i really want to see more handlers really focusing on strength and conditioning exercises that they do outside of agility Um, i think that is really important and it's underrated i think we are getting there where more people are doing it um, and realizing how important it is and that you can't just rely on the agility training itself to be enough to keep your dog fit um, and you know reduce injury and stuff like that so that is an in for 2024, I really want to see. I want to see more people doing those strength and conditioning exercises outside of agility, which would be done most days basically. Um, obviously you've got your rest days and stuff like that, but I want to see more people doing that. Um, obviously you need to know what you're doing um, and you need to get advice from a professional. So that's where my next in comes in and that is physio for dogs and handlers. So. Ideally, you want to start by taking your dog to a physio to get checked over and then they will assess your dog and then give you um, targeted strength and conditioning exercises to do at home that are specifically for your dog and going to help your dog because every dog is different. Every dog's uh, different, you know, in its body. So every body is different, human and dog. Um, So it's no good just doing the exact same uh, strength and conditioning exercises for every dog. Um, you know, I mean, it's better than nothing just doing generic ones, but the best way and the safest way as well to do it and know that you're doing it correctly is to start off with a professional physio or massage therapist, etc., um, who really knows what they're doing and can give your dog a a plan basically to follow. So I really want to see more people doing that more people, you know, I suppose in a way it's taking agility more seriously, but it's not just agility. It's taking your dog sort of, physical well-being more seriously um, and not just thinking about the agility as the agility, if that makes sense, like really putting those foundations down around it. So that is a big in I would like to see more of in 2024. Um, Arrow obviously gets re- regular physio and obviously I do his strength exercises at every day, except one rest day a week and also um, stretches after, uh, before, no, yeah, stretches after a day of agility. So that involves, you know, doing his stretches and his heat packing in the areas where our physio has told me to heat pack him, basically. Um, And that happens in the evening after doing agility that day. So stuff like that, basically, like recovery and maintenance outside of agility for the general fitness and physical well-being of the dog. And then i've also obviously put physio for handlers as well so this is something i never really thought of obviously i've always kept fit in the gym and running and stuff like that outside of agility but this year um obviously i've told you guys a couple of years ago i had a back injury back problem that lasted about a year uh, which i believe was from lifting two heavy weights with a pt Um, but we won't get into that too much um and it came back this year not that long ago maybe three months ago um so i thought you know what enough is enough and i went to see an osteopath and i'm still seeing him to this day and it has worked wonders and this isn't meant to be a forever thing um the idea is you get sessions maybe every fortnight and then every six weeks then every eight weeks then every two months and then gradually you can do without um, but obviously again you need to keep up maintenance activities prescribed by that physio so for me that's making sure that when I'm working at my desk I have a good posture and a good setup so that I'm I have a good posture while I'm sat and then also weekly pilates, pilates as well sorry I can never say that word right first time I can never really say any word right first time though kind of thinking about it <laughs> um, but yeah so physio for humans as well and just Handlers making sure that they are fit and well basically and that they get any injuries or niggles Even if it's like a few years ago, you know, that could still be a niggle if you never sorted it in the first place So seeing professionals if you're a handler as well as just taking your dog Because, you know, an agility partnership is 50-50 So there's no point doing it for one and not the other So make sure you're doing it for yourself as well And then obviously just general handler fitness outside of agility I would like to see more of in 2024 more handlers concentrating on their fitness levels and not just relying again on agility as their fitness um doing things like weightlifting in the gym and none of this has to be extreme just a little bit to really help and you will see that it does positively impact your agility performance um if you stick at it again it won't happen in a few months (laughs) um but i mean you probably will notice a bit of a difference in a few months um But what I'm trying to say is it's not a quick fix and a lot of people do a little bit and then give up because they don't see results fast enough. But it doesn't work like that. You have to keep going um, and be consistent. Consistency is always key to see those results. But I would definitely like to see more handlers focusing on their fitness outside of agility. You know, running outside of agility, like I said, the gym outside of agility, swimming, even just more walks, stuff like that. And not just relying on agility as the only source of that. So another one that I, another thing that I want to see more of is people giving their dogs joint supplements. Um, obviously, you know Better Life sponsors me and Arrow. So Arrow has the Pharmaquin Joint um, Care Plus HA. What's it called? I can't remember. I'm not being very good, am I? The Pharmaquin Joint Plus HA. I think that's what it is. Um, but you know, you know what I mean, anyway. Um, the Better Life Canine. Joint supplement, basically. You you'll find it easily because most of their products are for horses. Um, has quite a long name. I'm not very good with long names, but anyway. Um, and yeah, I think more people should realise the benefits of that, really. Um, especially thinking about your dog's long term career. So if you want them to be doing agility for most of their life, then you've got to think about preserving their joints um, and their physical well being. And you know, in order to do that then the joint supplements really help. And obviously it can help prevent things such as arthritis when a dog gets older. And Ethel, for example, I'm pretty certain she has arthritis now, um, but I didn't know dog joint supplements were a thing when I was competing with her. But obviously now I know they are with Arrow. He gets it every single day. So that is something I think more people should be doing in 2024. Um, Again, I know things cost money. And if it's not in your price range, then that's fine I'm not saying everyone has to do this but it would just be nice to see see people considering these types of things I know all of the things I just said cost money really um I mean not all of it but a lot of it as does everything in life really and things are very expensive these days so if you can't afford it then that's fine I'm not hating I'm not saying you have to but you know just a bit more consideration and doing what you can in these areas I think a lot of people don't even think of them so as long as you on knowing that these things are beneficial and doing your, what you can, then that's great. Um, the next thing is nutrition for dogs and handlers. So I already think, you know, our, the nutrition of our dogs um, are already quite, you know, people already do that and they feed them good quality diets and stuff like Arrow is raw food. Um, and I know a lot of agility people that I know get sponsored by raw food companies and stuff like that. Um, but obviously just continuing that into 2024, maybe a bit more understanding around dog fitness and how that uh, dog fitness dog diet and nutrition and how that can affect your dog's agility performance um i did a podcast episode with esther loge from paleo ridge Uh, she's the canine nutritionist i believe at paleo ridge and if you go back in my old podcast episodes you'll find that and we talk all about the raw diet and its benefits for sporting dogs which was super interesting um and then obviously people it'd be nice to see you know people thinking a bit more a bit like their fitness uh, about their own nutrition so obviously it's very easy to eat junk food while you're competing and training because it's convenient it's fast it's easy it's cheap um you don't have to pack the night before um and it's there there's so many fast food vans at dog shows and it's great that there's something there but at the same time it's like this is, I know, you, and again, if you don't want to take it as seriously, that's fine, but at a sporting event where we're all essentially athletes in our own right, then it's a bit ironic that there's all these fast food places at shows, really, if you think about it. And to be honest, I'll have, I still eat fast food, but I prefer not to at a show because it doesn't make me feel good um, where I can help it. And like I said, I will, and I have done, and I have sat and eaten my donuts and my burgers, and I still will, but on the whole, not at every single show I always go to because it doesn't leave me feeling the best. And then half an hour later, have to run and I'm feeling really heavy and greasy and oily and gross. Um, so, you know, and obviously outside of shows as well, like what you're cooking and eating at home, uh, you know, what you're picking up in the shop, stuff like that. I'd like to see more handlers really thinking of themselves as athletes and treating themselves like athletes in all the senses. You know, you've got nutrition, fitness, sleep, recovery, all of that. Think of yourself as an athlete, and that includes nutrition, not just what's convenient. And I know it's an effort and I know it can be expensive, but just having again, having an understanding of that and its benefits and then doing what you can around the subject. Um, So the next one is warming up and cooling down for dogs and handlers. I'd love to see more people warming themselves and their dogs up before a run and then cooling them down properly after a run in 2024 because I feel like it's still the norm to kind of just rock up to the ring and do it and then come out and put your dog in the van but that can cause all sorts of issues for yourself and your dog um, I've spoken about it before it can cause um, a greater risk of injury um, and it's just going to make your run worse if you haven't warmed up <laughs> basically as well so there's so many benefits um, of warming up and cooling down and not many people really do it I know a lot of people are late to their rings and stuff and But, you know, really thinking of that as, you know, look, that's part of the run. So you have to have the time there to do it. Like, I just think of that as part of the whole experience. Like, I have to get to the ring 10 minutes before I want to run to do my warm up. And then once my run is done, the run doesn't technically finish till I've done my, what, 5, 10 minute cool down, if that makes sense. So to me, in my head, it's all part of it. So that really helps. And I would love to see more people taking that into consideration more in the new year as well. So the next one is investing in high quality equipment for dogs and handlers, for example, shoes and clothing. So again, I know money is a thing, but there is nothing worse than doing an agility run in uncomfortable old equipment in the sense of old, uncomfortable running trainers. You will never run at your best and you can get blisters and all sorts of things like that. You can slip over if there's not enough tread, if it's really old and it's wrapped, you know, the tread's come off or whatever rub down on the over the years um you're meant to actually change your running shoes every year i don't do that i don't think i think maybe every year and a half i do it but i should do it more and over the christmas holidays i am going to get more shoes i'm going to get my gait analyzed on a treadmill at this place that does it where i live and they're going to tell me what shoe fits suits my gait especially if i'm going to start canny cross equipment is very important clothing You know, it's agility, the weather could be all sorts, you want clothing for all types of weather. Um, You want comfortable clothes that you can run around in and that you know you're going to perform your best in. So, again, I think people don't really think of that. But the moment you have nice, good quality shoes and clothing, you feel better, you're comfier and you will run better, I swear. Same for our dogs. Um, Nice coats, warm coats, keeping them warm in between runs again will prevent injury and stuff like that so making sure you and your dog are fully equipped i'd like to see more people investing in things like that um for agility, as it will just make it a way better easier and more successful experience in honesty so the next one is european style courses i would love to see more european style courses going into the new year instead of the sort of uk style um i just love a european style course i think they're way more fun to run they're usually safer um and they're just more fun aren't they like i enjoy running them way more you know like the proper iconic style courses yeah th- no more said about that they're just better aren't they i'd like to see more judges making courses like that and more shows having courses like that as well so the next one kind of goes into that and it is larger rings there's nothing worse than a tiny little ring that you have to you know where everything's five me meet- just just five meters apart and it's just a pain it's really not that enjoyable so bigger rings again i'm going to use iconics as, as a great example for this um absolutely perfect nice big rings and the european style courses fit perfectly into them because they're nice and big and wide and spacious so larger rings 100 percent. and i would rather a show have two rings instead of four if those two rings are going to be bigger and i think a lot of people would probably agree with me on that one So that is something i would love to see at more shows during 2024. now young judges i would love to see more young judges at shows ideally it would be amazing to see at least one junior judge or younger judge at every show really that would be great wouldn't it because it'd show that shows are considering younger judges um and yeah enough said really i know there's been a lot of junior judge bashing in 2023 and that is one of my outs, obviously, for later on when I talk to you about those. But I would like to see more junior and younger judges at shows. I think it's our year, you know, I think it's our year as younger judges. 2024 is our year to absolutely smash it out of the park with our judging and course design because we can all do it and we're all good at it. And people who hate need to stop and we need to show them that our courses are mega, which they are. And we're not going to give up judging if people hate on us. We're going to carry on. We're going to accept those judging appointments where we can, when we don't want to compete at those shows. I've had to do that. Sad. Um, Yeah, and we're not going to let it affect us and we're going to get better. So that is a big one for 2024 because I know it was also a big thing in 2023, uh, but more the negative side of it. So let's make 2024 the positive side of it. And then approaching (laughs) her. Approaching people directly with feedback. Just... I will, in 2024, I want everyone to be open, honest and direct with feedback, whether that's criticism, you know, hate. Just just say it to the person you want to, uh, you're talking about, basically, just walk straight up to them and tell them or send them a message if you have to. But talking to them is better and just tell them directly instead of telling a friend or going online to do it. Just tell the person, especially with judging. Like that time I walked past two ladies and one, as soon as I walked past them, one said to the other, I hate this part of the course. I was walking past and I would would have loved it if she could have just said that to me and we could have had a conversation. Unfortunately, I was dying for a wee, so I didn't stop. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't really want to get into, you know, any kind of argument by the fact that she was telling her friend. I think she would have been one to argue. But if, you know, people like that just come up to you and say it nicely and give you their criticism in a friendly, nice, polite manner. That would be excellent. So just be direct with your feedback, please, in 2024. That would be amazing. And then my last one is breed diversity. So especially as a judge, I love seeing different breeds do agility. In my rings, I don't know why I keep noticing these two breeds, but Pugs and French Bulldogs, Frenchies, I love watching them run, (laughs) you know. They're probably never going to win Olympia or Crofts, but they are absolutely, sorry, Olympia, not Olympia. Got to get it right these days. Um, They're just so, like, it just puts a smile on my face seeing breeds like that do agility. And obviously Labradors, I, I see quite a few of them and they're mega, especially, you know, the athletic working ones. And I just enjoy seeing that breed diversity so that it's not always just collies and spaniels and stuff like that. So, yeah, I want to see more breed diversity in 2024. Because I feel like a while ago, we had quite, you know, agility had quite diverse breeds in it. And now it's kind of got to the point where it's mainly the same breeds. And yes, I contribute to that with a spaniel and it's fine, but I just enjoy seeing a, a diversity of breeds. And it kind of does make me want to get a bit of a different breed just to, you know, almost prove people wrong and break those stereotypes. Because with good dog training, any breed that's not like physically That it's not physically unsafe for them to do agility you know they can be trained to do it at a really good standard and as a judge i love watching it and obviously i usually don't watch a load of dogs before i was when i'm not judging but now i'm judging i watch so many dogs and i absolutely love to see those diverse breeds so i would love to see more diverse breeds in 2024 now i'm going to move on to your ins so you guys said safe flowing courses So I suppose this ties in a bit with mine about European style courses, but it's not just European style courses. You know, you can have a British style course that's safe and flowing. So yeah, you guys want to see more safe flowing courses in 2024. And I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Someone else said training rings at shows. And I thought this was really interesting because this is a great idea. So imagine if every show had, and I know every show can't do it, but if some a lot of shows, and I know some do now. But if more shows had training rings, just one, um, then I feel like a lot of people would make progress a lot quicker. Because like with me with Arrow, it's taken so long because you know I I've had to train him in the ring um, at competition because it's not the agility he's necessarily scared of. It's the environment of a show. Like he's fine at home at training, but then at a show he was so scared. So. You know, and obviously in a co- in competition, you can't take the Mick, you know, I know at some independent shows. You can just have your one minute or whatever, like agility nuts. I did our seesaw at the start of uh, this year, Um keep one say last year, but we are still in 2023 just so weird time it's December. I'm really confused. Anyway, I know a lot of shows you can, but if like KC shows um, had just one training ring and you can go in there and spend a minute for, you know, however much shows want to charge and train and use toys and stuff like that. I agree with that one. So in 2024, we want to see more training rings at shows. That would be grand. And then also someone said fenced shows. So this person wants to see more fence shows. And I'm a bit on the fence, haha, <laughs> so funny, about this one, because yes, I agree to, again, it's an environment thing, isn't it? You want to train your, you want to, you know, practice running in a competition environment with your dog even if they may be a bit maybe dog reactive or nervous or likely to bolt or run off or greet someone outside the ring. But at the same time, I think, you know, um, especially if you think your dog's going to chase other dogs in other rings. um, Yes, obviously you don't want to take your dog to an environment where that can happen. You just want to prevent that from happening. Just don't let it even happen because that's not fair on the other people and dogs and it could cause an absolute seen like it could be awful so just don't do that so yes fence shows for that reason would be great um but at the same time i think it does get to a point where some shows you know like kci dogs in Need, that's a that'll be a lot of fencing that's a lot of fencing um for the people putting it up and taking it down as well um never mind buying it and stuff like that sourcing it um but i think some shows you know you just gotta you just gotta wait it out and just To compete at some shows i think your dog should be able to work through distractions and stuff like that so you know yes use more of the fence shows to train but you know i don't think it could be at every show Um, but yes if there's more fence shows and maybe more like we said training rings more more things at shows or even just like maybe half a show or a couple of rings at show that's fenced and Maybe on the schedule they could be marked as fenced. Do you get what I mean? Maybe, maybe pe- shows could make more of a thing of sort of training rings and fence rings if that makes sense to accommodate for everyone. Um, so I suppose that could be something, um, for people to think about in, in 2024. Um, but yeah, basically. So, you guys basically want more shows with fencing and training rings. Um, for those, maybe. People newer to agility or younger dogs and dogs with behavioural issues and stuff like that. And then the last one that you said is YKC specific shows, which I think is a great idea, actually. Um, So shows purely for YKC members. So, yeah, to be honest, I would like to see more of that in 2024 as well. Um, Obviously, I'm on the higher end of the YKC now, so that would only suit me for another two years. Um, But no, I think that'd be great, especially for like proper children where (laughs) that sounds so mean. In a nice way, you know, like really young people who maybe are a bit worried or nervous to go to big shows with, you know, adult handlers and the top handlers and stuff. So, yeah, I think that would be a great way, especially to boost the confidence of younger YKC members. So, yeah, those are all the ins. And now let's move on to the outs. So, again, I'll go through mine first. So my first one is relying on agility as the only source of fitness and physical maintenance for dogs and handlers. So I'll spend a bit less time talking about these outs because it's basically the opposite of what I just said about the ins. Um, But yeah, I would like to see less people just relying on agility as their fitness and their dog's fitness because then, you know, you're never going to perform in the agility at your best if all you do is the agility. Like there has to be a bit of foundation behind it, a bit of preparation. You can't just do the agility and expect it to be, you know expect yourselves to perform at the best and if you literally just want to do agility for fun to do agility and you have no interest doing anything else outside of it that's fine but as long as you're you know as long as you are keeping your dog at least at a level that is safe uh, fitness wise to do agility then I suppose that is the bare minimum and that is fine but personally for me I would like to see less people just relying on the agility And obviously that's something I would like to help you all with um, in my content in the new year is sort of more help doing that, basically, like the fitness outside of agility, because I know a lot of people have messaged me and said that they don't know where to start with it. They'd like to, but they're just overwhelmed. Um, And honestly, it's actually a lot more simple than a lot of you think. So, yeah, obviously my week of workouts video is on YouTube. um, So go check that out. And that is very informative and it goes through all of my workouts for you to follow. But yeah, I will definitely help you guys more with that in the new year on my socials. The next thing is feeding dogs a low quality diet. I want to see less people with sporting dogs feeding their dogs low quality food, basically. Um, I want more people to realise the importance of a good quality diet, just like with us as well. Um, Which brings on to my next one, eating fast food at every show. It'd be great if people would realise that eating fast food at every single show will probably not make them feel their best and run at their best. Again, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But it would be nice for them to be a bit more knowledge behind, um, behind that. And I'd just love for people to feel their best basically while running and feel as though they can give each run their all for their dog. Because again, you hear a lot of handlers say, oh, that was me. I was too slow. I couldn't get there, blah, blah. Well, if maybe you put a bit more into your fitness and nutrition and stuff like that, then you won't have these problems and agility will be so much more positive for you. So, yeah, I would like to see less people doing that, um, ideally. But, you know, it is what it is. And then the next one is going straight into and out of a run without warming up or cooling down. I'd like to see a lot less people just rocking up to a ring, running and then putting their dog back in the car straight away after their run so again off the back of i'd like to see more people warming up and cooling down um that's just not it's not great for the muscles for you or your dog and your dog's more likely to get injured and be stiff and sore which again is going to make both of your performances worse which is going to make agility a worse experience for you both so at the end of the day all these things are going to benefit you if you stop doing these things and start doing the reverse of that thing if that makes sense And I would also like to see less of people making do with uncomfortable and unsuitable equipment, e.g. shoes and clothing. Um, Again, I think it's all about making agility a better experience for yourself and your dog. So if you equip yourself with better quality shoes and clothing, as I said earlier, then, you know, you're going to enjoy agility more, most likely. Same with your dog. You know, uh, your dog will perform better if you kept it warm in the winter at winter shows in a nice quality coat and it just it's fun isn't it it makes the whole thing way more fun you know getting equipment for it and getting clothes and getting your dog new things and harnesses and stuff like that investing in good things and you know that investment will come back to you in the sense of performance i suppose so british style courses as well ideally like i said earlier I'd like to see more european style courses and less british style courses because I just think that's the direction agility is going in, to be honest. Um, So that would be ideal, obviously. Um, But again, it is possible to make British style courses safe and flowing. But generally, the stereotype of British style courses is not as wonderful as European style courses. So I'd ideally like to see less British style courses in 2024. And obviously, on the back end of that, more European style courses in their place. I'd like to see less small rings. I hate a small ring. I want the rings to be nice and big as I said earlier. But yeah, I want to see less cramming um, courses into small rings and small spaces. Like I said, I'd I'd way rather there just be two big rings than four small rings. Um, So yeah, I'd like to see... I'd I'd also like to see more distance between obstacles actually. That's something I didn't put in my ins. Um, Instead of just reaching the five or just, you know, especially as a judge, you do a course you do a course. You design a course and then you get to the venue and the and the dimensions that you were given are like completely off and the room's actually way smaller. So then you end up having to either take obstacles out. I think I've always had to take obstacles out in all of my judging appointments so far, to be honest. Um, or, you know, it ends up just being five metres between like two jumps, and thinking I'd way rather have eight metres, but I just don't have the room. So I don't want to i'd like to see a lot less of those really small crammed in rings at shows ideally using agility net to complain i would like to see that basically disappear (laughs) um obviously it's fine to have a nice constructive um conversation or debate online there's nothing wrong with that but some things you see on agility net and some of the things you read and you just think don't just stop complaining online stop being a keyboard warrior Like I said, if you have a genuine concern, bring it up to the person you have the concern with. Um, Instead of just bitching and hating on Facebook. I would like to see less people moaning and complaining on Facebook in 2024. It's as simple as that, really. And I know we all do it. I mean, I don't do it. That's a lie. I just don't. I don't go on a jilty net and moan. I really don't. So I don't get it. But... (laughs) What I meant to say is I know a lot of people do it and it's kind of part of having, part of being part of a community or niche or whatever, but just a bit less complaining on agility net and on social media in general would be lovely. And then finally for me, breed stereotypes. So again, I'd like to see more breed diversity. In the same way, I would like to see less breed stereotypes. So again, I don't mean where safety is concerned. For example, I know Dash, well, even that, You know, I've heard that Dachshunds aren't meant to do agility because of their backs. But I know a brilliant little Dachshund, and he's so fit and healthy, and he's brilliant at agility. So even that, I just want to see less breeds being stereotyped as unsuitable for agility. Like I said, unless it's a health concern. That's the only exception. But everything else, I think, you know what? If you have a dog that you maybe haven't seen loads do or succeed at agility in the past, but you want to do it, do it. Like, I want to see less breed stereotypes, definitely. I want more diverse team breeds and less, you know, closed off thinking around whether a breed will be good enough for agility or something like that. So, yeah, if you have a breed that you haven't seen do agility or sports and it is safe for them to do so and you want to give it a go, absolutely give it a go because I've seen some brilliant little dogs that aren't typical agility breeds or that I haven't seen do brilliantly before and they're just amazing. So, yeah. So now, finally, we go into your outs. So (laughs) moaning in general, absolutely. So just moaning, you know, I mean, you walk past people at shows and hear them moan in little groups, won't you? And then obviously online. So just less moaning. Let's get rid of moaning. Let's leave that in 2023 and go into 2024 with a much more positive way of thinking. Because at the end of the day, we've all got to remember why we started Agility. Because we love our dogs, because we love sport because it's fun because we wanted to and because we enjoy it so let's stop moaning about it because at the end of the day we chose to do it and if we really don't like it we can choose to stop doing it if we have that much about it to moan about we can stop doing it it is not forced upon any of us (laughs) and if you actually put it into perspective and look at the big picture agility is a game it's a silly fun game that we all love okay it's amazing but that is what it is if we zoom out so zoom out shush stop moaning I mean there are places to moan and things that deserve to be moaned about but often it's the little pernickety things I had I had someone from America message me and say what what does panickety mean what you keep saying that but now they know but anyway I, that just reminded me of that <laughs> shout out Mackenzie anyway um so yeah just stop moaning basically everyone um I agree with that one wholeheartedly Someone else said hating on young judges who are trying their best to put out safe courses. Again, absolutely, already covered this, but just stop, like in the re- say, in the real world, outside of agility, you wouldn't just go up to a child or like a young person and moan at them for doing something that maybe you do a bit better because you're older. But even that, a lot of us young judges, I'm not gonna lie, you know, we've all passed our judging course. So we're probably more equipped well, we are more equipped to be a judge than like an adult who hasn't done a judging course do you know what i mean and even if there's a junior and an adult who've done a judging course the junior still has the ability to be better than the adult like age is nothing it's not about that you know i've been doing agility for what 11 it's going to be 12 years coming up next year um and yet someone who's older than me may have only been doing it for three so it's irrelevant i actually have more experience So stop hating on junior judges because no one like why would you be mean to a child? Like, what's wrong with you? If you're mean to a child, stop it. (laughs) Anyway, I agree with that one so much. And the last one, the final one. Handlers blaming their dog for a mistake that was their fault. Absolutely. And to be fair, I do agree with this one. However, usually for me, in my experience, I do hear more handlers blaming themselves than their dogs. Um, but yes, you will. You do get the odd person that will blame the dog for doing this, or, oh, he was wild, he was off his head. Or did you just put the blind in at the wrong time? Or did you just not cue the right piece of equipment at the right time? And that's fine, we all do it regularly. Like most shows, I'll do something wrong. Um, whether that means, you know, often it doesn't make a difference, luckily. But we're human and our dogs are dogs. So, you know, instead of placing the blame on your dog, Think about, oh, maybe it was you. Another thing, actually, before we finish, that I want to see more of in 2024, so going back to the um ins, people vid- getting their runs videoed and watching it back, analysing your runs. I want to see more people analysing their runs and learning from them instead of even if you have a bad run. Don't just delete the, the video. If you get a video, look at it, watch it, critique yourself. And by watching it back, you can pretty much know whether it's who whose fault in quotation marks it is and that'll probably stop you blaming your dog because you could it'll be obvious if it's you um and sometimes it's the dog's fault not the fault but sometimes the dog just does something doesn't it randomly and it's not your fault but then other times you know just own up to it be like yeah that was me but i'll watch the video i know what i did wrong and i won't do it again or at least try not to do it again and you know if it's either of you find your weaknesses you know, over a course of a few shows, get your videos. Is there anything in particular you struggle with? If yes, great. Go back home, training, train it. So yeah, basically. So yeah, I do agree with that one. Don't blame the dog. Um, try not to place blame because it just adds a bad feeling to it. Be constructive about it, get your runs videoed. And I think more people, pretty much everyone gets their runs videoed these days. But even if you're at a show by yourself, I'm not being funny. I do it when I'm at a show by myself. Just go up to a random person near the ring and be like, oh, would you mind filming my run? Yes, you could get a psychopath run off with your phone, but it's very unlikely. So get your runs filmed and stop placing blame. If you watch the video, you'll know exactly what happened and then just work on it. And don't repeat the mistake if you can help it. But again, we all do it. And that's pretty much it. So that is everything I have for you guys today. That was actually slightly longer than I anticipated, but it was a good fun one. And yeah, can't believe it. That wraps up 2023 of the Pause in Pursuit podcast. This time next week, it'll be the 3rd. Will it be the 3rd? Yeah, I think. The 3rd of January. Yeah, it will. Crazy. So I'll be going out drinking on New Year's Eve, having a great time. And then come the new year, we'll be getting back on routine and smashing those goals. If you want some help with your 2004, 2004, (laughs) 2004. god jesus 2024 i was three why am i saying that <laughs> if you want help with your 2024 why am i even saying it like that 2024 goal setting for agility or just goal setting in general uh, whether that's dog sports or not go watch my previous week's podcast episode from last wednesday all about goal setting and prioritizing those goals throughout the new year and yeah basically have a really fun new year's eve and start of your new year and i will quite literally talk to you next year uh before i leave though you know the drill go follow me on all the socials i'll put them here on the screen and i was about to say well they will be down below in the description but i now have video on my spotify i got it to work so i hope you guys are enjoying that you can now watch watch me talk to you on youtube and spotify so finally got that going I've been meaning to get that sorted for ages and it's actually no harder than not having a video on there so I don't know why I've just not done it for so long but anyway it's sorted now Um, so go follow me on all of those I'm active on there pretty much every single day on most of them and yeah so that is basically it use my cool link if you want to stock up on ready to drink for the new year for your shows if you want to work on that nutrition of yours um, so go back to the start of the episode and my link will be there because we do love a discount and we do love some freebies, obviously. And yeah, so keep sending me um, your social media, podcast and YouTube recommendations, even TikTok videos. If there's anything you want to see or hear from me, just let me know. Uh, keep, my DMs are always open for any advice or suggestions or constructive criticism, anything. So keep communicating with me. I love hearing from you guys. And last but not least, if you would love to give the podcast a rating or review on Spotify or Apple, then I will love you forever. I will anyway, but still. Ideally five stars if you think I am worthwhile. (laughs) If I'm worthy of five stars talking to you right now, then go for it. So yeah, I appreciate all your support this year um, with the podcast, obviously. And here's to an even better 2024 for the podcast, for agility, for smashing those goals and yeah for everything and i hope you all have a great new year as well enjoy yourselves and get ready to smash those goals so i will speak to you all next wednesday at 8pm bye guys